Good to be back. Praise the Lord. It was good to be gone. People told me you need to take two weeks, and I did, and I was thankful to the Lord for it. But boy, I'm, I'm glad to be back. We're going to pick up again in the book of Matthew. Um, we're done with the Sermon on the Mount, going into chapter 8. Um, and this morning, uh, we have a special guest for the Spanish service. My brother-in-law, Edison, over here, is going to be preaching in Spanish. So if you're going to try to get a bilingual service in the second service, it's not happening. It's going to be just Spanish in the second service. Um, and uh, thankful for that. Um, and looking forward to listening uh, in on set. But he'll also be covering the same passage in our Spanish service. Um, but let's read Matthew 8, starting in verse 1. It says, When he came down from the mountain, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus coming back down the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Lord, as we're opening your word, I just pray that you give us understanding. Holy Spirit, help us to be open to it, to learn by it. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We're just going to cover this first miracle this morning. It begins with a descent from the mountain. And it says, when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And this starts the next verse, and behold. And I, I think there's a, it's important to kind of get a, a sense of what's going on there. Oh, I've got the signal. I still got the earbuds in. I do it every time I play. What would I do without my wife? I don't know. Thank you. And then he starts verse 2, and behold. And that's, that's a way Matthew used, uh, that's a, a term Matthew likes to use to transition to something new. And given that Jesus is going to tell this leper, don't tell anyone about this, um, I don't think the crowds are now in the picture and probably the verse 1, where it's saying Jesus descended and great crowds are following him, um, that would have better fit into the previous chapter. It, when Matthew wrote this, there weren't chapters and verses. And those were added you know, like 1,500 years later or whatever it was when they went and somebody came through and helped us by adding these chapters of verses. But that's not what was there originally. So sometimes the breaks might not be perfect, and that's okay. That's not the inspired part of the word. But... I think what we're looking at here is something that's probably outside the city. That's where a leper would be. We're going to look at that. And it's probably just Jesus' disciples around him. It says, And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Notice he didn't say, you can heal me. 
to make me clean. We need to understand the significance of that to a Jewish man. What he wanted from Jesus was to be made clean. Whether you were clean or not had a lot of significance. It goes all the way back to the law. And because he's a leper, identified as a leper, that means there was a priest. They went through a process, a process that God gave them in the book of Leviticus to test, to see um, if what he had as a skin disease was a chronic illness that needed to be treated as something unclean. Now, we know leprosy as Hansen's disease. Is that what we call it? That, that's, and that may have been what he had, but it's not necessarily the case that it was exactly that. But it was certainly a skin disease that... According to the test of Leviticus, the priests declared him unclean as a leper. Clean. You had to be clean in order to approach God. This was a society that centered around worship of God. Everything they did had to do with whether or not you were in a place to approach and worship and be close to God. And, and they worried about what they ate, what they touched, what they did. Everything had to do with, if I touch that, I'm going to be unclean. And there's going to be sacrifices that are going to be processed that I need to go through in order to deal with my uncleanness in order to be clean again. Ceremonially clean, not just medically clean. Being unclean among the Jews was tied to a spiritual significance, not just a physical one. Let's look real quick. Leviticus, in the area that covers, in chapter 13, verse 45, what it meant. What was the law for one who the priest declared had leprosy or had a, had a, a skin disease, chronic Skin disease of leprosy. Verse 45, Leviticus. I'm in the wrong, wrong chapter. I'm sure that's a great verse too, but it's not going to speak to what we're doing right now. Verse 45, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip, or cover his mustache, and cry out, unclean, unclean. So those around him know, stay away. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp, outside the gates, outside the city. Isolation, family, friends, people. That's an, 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 an inability to enter into the temple and worship God. He was unclean, and there, there wasn't a cure for that. If somehow the skin disease was healed, then there was a whole process for him to go back through with the priest to be reinstated. But this was going to be his life. And so he approaches Jesus and says, 
can you make me clean? Not, can you heal me of this disease? You know, we have a fairly recent analogy, at least, to the experience of a leper, don't we? Of having to go into isolation, of having fear in the eyes of people that look at you, of family members not being able to go to you even though you're suffering and could die from what you have, right? We've experienced that in these last couple of years. And the isolation has not gone unnoticed. The, the, the effects of it have not gone unnoticed. But see, what we've had to deal with in COVID is just for short periods of time. For a leper, it was a lifetime. In Luke, it refers to the, the time of, I think it was the time of Elijah. It says, in all the time of Elijah, only one leper was clean. It was a miraculous healing of a leper. Otherwise, all of them lived their whole lives in isolation like that. You know, even though Matthew is transitioning to a new thing here, it's not by accident that he brings us this story following the Sermon on the Mount. God inspiring him to fit these pieces together, that following Jesus' description of the kingdom of God, the blessings of the kingdom of God, entry into the kingdom of God, the righteousness of Christ in the kingdom of God. That now there's this example of a man because of his uncleanness is excluded from the community. There's so much imagery in what God led the Israelites through in the Old Testament that points to spiritual things, that points to the future of what would be within the context of Christ for us to understand things. And leprosy, certainly, was treated. The community considers someone who was a leper as dead. The law in, in restoring someone, it's, if you touch a leper, it's like touching a dead thing. It's and they viewed people who were lepers as those who were condemned by God, right? We went through the Sermon on the Mount. We went through the righteous requirements of the heart that Jesus had. And it was impossible. It was a be perfect. Those in the kingdom of God are, are perfect and holy and righteous. What do we find ourselves? We find ourselves in comparison to be unclean, excluded from the kingdom. Now, those who have had COVID can look back a short ways, and they're dealing with isolation and just the loneliness that comes with that. They can just go back a short ways and, and know what it was like when they were able to just hang out with family and friends, right, and mourn that. A leper, certainly this leper, probably was not born that way. And he can look back to a time where he enjoyed the fellowship of a community. We never had a time that we can say, yeah, back then, that's when I had fellowship with God. But now, because of my uncleanness, I have lost that. We don't know apart from what we have through Christ. But when we come in this world, when we enter into this world, 
We're entering into a sinful nature that is unclean and the community that's in fellowship with God that we're designed, we're created to be a part of, we're already isolated from outside the city gates. What is it that makes us unclean? We are unclean because of sin. We are unclean because of sin. Jesus, in Matthew 15, we'll get to that eventually, Lord willing, uh, was responding to the Pharisees that were saying, why aren't your disciples washing their hands before they eat this thing that we do? And anyone in 2020, 21 would agree, yes, you should wash your hands before you eat. It's going to make you unclean. It's going to, right? That's what they're saying. It makes you unclean, physically unclean. And Jesus gives some of God's perspective. He says what goes into the mouth isn't what makes you unclean. It's what comes out of the mouth. And then he explained it to his disciples because they weren't real sharp at that time. What comes out of the mouth is our words. Out of the abundance of the heart is what comes out of the mouth. We've already went through the Sermon on the Mount. We know God cares about most about what's in the heart, right? What comes out of the mouth is evidence. That's what defiles a person. Out of the mouth of the heart, from out of the heart... Come evil thoughts, murderous thoughts, adultery. Remember Jesus' standard of adultery was just lust in the heart. That was adultery. Sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. God's perspective of 2020 and 2021 where does he see the uncleanness? It's not the COVID virus. He sees the uncleanness and what comes out of us in response to it. Our words towards each other, our words on Facebook. That's where he sees, there's the evidence of uncleanness. Sin, what does sin do? causes us to be unclean. We can't approach God. We can't be in the presence of God with sin. Immediately in the Garden of Eden after they sinned, they hid from God. That's what it does to us. How many of you feel comfortable to be 100% transparent with other people of every heart and thoughts? No, sin causes us to hide. That's isolation. We don't even realize it because we've grown up in it. We live, we're living in broken isolation. We're supposed to be in fellowship with God and with each other in a way that's perfect, the way that God designed it, not hiding in isolation. And yet sin, we're born into it. We've grown up with it. It's what we know, hiding, separated from each other, separated from God, truly condemned, spiritually dead. They considered a man with leprosy as dead. Well, those in sin, Ephesians 2 tells us, are dead in their sin, unable to approach God outside the camp. What's, what camp? 
the kingdom of God camp, everything that Jesus has been describing as the kingdom of God, we are outside of when we are in our sin. All right, the leper approaches Jesus, probably on his way towards Jesus, calling out unclean, unclean, as he was required to. And he says, in verse 2, Behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He wasn't doubting whether Jesus could make him clean or not. The question in his mind was, was Jesus willing to make him clean? The man believed. He believed that Jesus could make him clean. Jesus stretched out his hand. That's a no-no in the law. You don't touch anything that is unclean. Jesus didn't go away from the man. He stretched out his hand and touched him. Can you imagine what his disciples are thinking? He's saying, the same voice that spoke the heavens and the earth into existence right here in the imperative in the Greek, command. Command him, be clean. I will, I am willing, be clean. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. the man was made clean. Jesus' purpose in coming to the earth was to save sinners, to meet people outside the camp, right? He left heaven not to condemn us for our sin because we're condemned already, but to actually take our sin, our leprosy, and put it on himself, not just touch our sin, but actually become sin for us so that he could take our sin to the cross and crucif be, be crucified himself so that our sin would be paid for, nailed to the cross, so that we might become what? His righteousness. Here's something we need to realize. We can only be made clean through Jesus. That's the only way. Absolutely the only way. Is Christ willing? You better, be you better believe he is willing. He came from heaven to earth to save you so that you could be made clean and enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now the question is, do you believe like that leper did? Do you believe the testimony of Christ, the word concerning Christ? And have you asked him to make you clean? Jesus describes in the, in the Beatitudes right there at the beginning, 
what it looks like, entry into the kingdom of heaven. It looks a lot like that leper. Blessed, blessed are the, the poor in spirit, the broken, the bankrupt in spirit, who call out, unclean, unclean, I am unclean, right? And approach Jesus for salvation. Blessed are those who mourn their sin, mourn their condition. They'll be comforted. That's how we approach Jesus, just like the leper did. In faith, believing, Jesus, you can make me clean. In faith in Jesus Christ, he responds. He makes us clean. Titus 3.5 describes what happens there. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you say, Jesus, will you make me clean? Lord Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I, I, I believe in you. I believe in your name. I believe the testimony concerning you, the word of God, everything about you. I believe it. He sends his Holy Spirit in to do a cleaning job. So that's what Titus 3.5 is about. The Holy Spirit. Regeneration and renewal. Regeneration, making you a new person from the inside out. He, he actually puts to death the old person and you have a new start, a brand new start that is clean. Renewal. The outside part, the, the mind. Well, out, of, out of the heart is, is evidence of, of my uncleanness. Well, the Spirit of God starts doing a work in us to change our thoughts, change our mind, to make us clean. That's a process and continues on, is continuing on right now for every person who has put their faith in Jesus Christ. You know, at Last Supper, Jesus gets up and starts washing each of the disciples' feet, and, uh, which was awkward for them. Um, our Lord and Savior is washing our feet, humbling himself like that, and of course he was giving them an example to follow. But then Peter, the vocal one, says, no way, Lord, you are, you're not going to be washing my feet. Jesus tells him, unless I wash you, you're not going to have any share with me. That's, that's just pointing to this basic idea that unless we are washed by Jesus, we're not going to have any part with him, right? So then Peter, being Peter, says, well, then wash all of me, Right? Jesus says, those who have taken a bath, they don't need a wash, except for the feet. But you're completely clean. Peter, right there, even before Christ has died, because he has believed the word, he has received the word concerning Christ, he's already been made completely, Jesus says, clean. You, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that new creation, who you are is completely clean. All you need day to day is some foot washing. Understand that. Here's where, the, where Satan will come in and try to convince you otherwise. You have sinned today. How can you call yourself a Christian? How can you be serving the Lord? How can you be even taken seriously at all. Look at you, you hypocrite. First John 1 John 1.8 says, if, if we say we don't sin, we're, we're lying. 
The truth is not in us. In other words, if you say you don't have sin, you're probably not saved because you don't get it. The Holy Spirit lets you know you got sin. He's not going to stop letting you know. That's that cleaning process he's doing in us. We're, we're not going to be able to get away from that once the... get away from the fact that I know I have sin. But then what does 1 John 1 9 say? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. That's the feet washing of all unrighteousness. If I'm just letting sin in my life as a Christian, trying to ignore, suppress Grieve even the Holy Spirit in my life. My feet are going to stink. And it affects our fellowship with God. It affects our fellowship with each other. Just think of it like you ever had a... It wouldn't be you. It would be your, like your brother in the car takes their shoes off, right? No, put those back on. That's what happens in our life when we just let sin continue. Is there sin that you need to be confessing to Jesus? That you've just been letting go there and you, you know what it is. The Holy Spirit's been letting you know what it is. Don't keep holding on to that. Fellowship with God. That's what you're made for. So much better. In verse 4. Jesus says to the man, see that you say nothing to anyone. This is something Jesus said a lot because then they would let everybody know and then he couldn't do ministry in that area anymore because they're all taking it the wrong way. Prematurely, he is the king, but they want him to go take over the Romans. That's what they're looking for in a Messiah and that's not what he's here there. That's not what he's there for. And so he'll always tell, or many times tells um, those that he's healed or done a miraculous work with, don't tell anyone, and they rarely follow his direction. Don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer, offer the gift that Moses commanded for proof to them. So back in Leviticus where we looked, there's a whole process. If you no longer have a skin disease, the priest has the instructions to go through with you, to, to validate, verify, yes, it is gone and so that's what Jesus is saying. There's, there's the, the sacrifice you need to bring for that process. And some biblical scholars have a hard time with this passage, which is kind of funny. But, well, it, there's a lot of passages like this. But show yourself to the priest, singular, for a proof to them, plural. Who's the them? And maybe I don't since there are many ideas on this, um, perhaps there's more to it, but I think it seems simple from the perspective of the leper. Who's been the them in his life that's been heartbreaking? Who's the them in the life of someone who's isolated in COVID? Those that can't see, those that have fear in their eyes when they approach them, 
Those in their community, in their family, their friends, that, that anytime they're coming near, they have to say, unclean, unclean, and they see the response from them, and they turn. Jesus says, go be reunited with your community. That's the them. Go see the priests, the one who you went through to be declared unclean. You are now clean. Jesus wasn't advocating for going back to the law. We don't take this and say, well, we, we need to still uphold the law. No, Jesus, Jesus said at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he, he's there to fulfill the law, and then now he's transcending the law. He's touching someone unclean. But he's directing him to go be reunited with your community. Here's the third point. Cleanliness leads to fellowship. Cleanliness leads to fellowship. Certainly fellowship with God. It's impossible to have fellowship with God apart from being clean. That's what they knew among the Jews. To be able to worship Him, to abide in His presence. For a Jew, it was the ability to go into the inner parts of the temple. You would need to be clean. The innermost part of the temple, the Holy of Holies, only at certain times, your priests have to go through a whole bunch of things to be made clean ceremonially. And still there was a possibility he might not survive the, the incident. To be in the presence, the manifest presence of God in the center of the temple. Cleanliness leads to fellowship with God. Cleanliness leads to fellowship with each other. With other believers. You realize, church, the more we press into God's word, it's the spirit of God with his word that that's what's scrubbing at us. That's what's causing us to be clean, right? I got to talk to my nephew the other day about Ephesians 5, a great passage for a new married man. But it talks about Jesus preparing his bride, what? Washing her clean with the... the with the word, with the spirit, by the spirit, the washing of the word, right? That's what's happening to us as a church. And as the more that we submit ourselves to the word of God as a church, as, as a community, to let the spirit of God prick our consciences and, and, and to submit to that and to humble ourselves and to obey his working in our lives together, we will have a fellowship that's not possible Apart from God's body, his church, in this world, this world is broken. It's outside the gates. It's outside of the kingdom of heaven. But as we've entered into the kingdom of heaven through faith in Christ, as we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, our family as a church, as multiple churches, as believers, there's a fellowship that we have. It's incredible. I don't know if you've ever got a chance to go somewhere else in the world and then run into someone who's a believer and it feels like family. Because they are family. Spiritually, family. And that only gets closer the more we submit ourselves to Christ because cleanliness leads to fellowship. That's what the whole 1 John chapter 1 is. 
about that. Our heart made clean. Why would we give up fellowship with each other? You know, when we don't submit to the Spirit, it tends to have the opposite effect among us. We are going to be eternally together, and it begins now. And the work of the Holy Spirit is already knitting us together. Look with me in Hebrews 10. Talks about this. Verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful already? The holy places. The holy of holies. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? He declared it is finished. The curtain that that covered the holy of holies in the temple was just rendered in two. God broke that curtain and said, no longer does this need to be covered up because through the blood of Christ we can enter in confidence into the very presence of God, not because of our own righteousness, but because we can be made clean in Jesus Christ. Verse 20, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain. That's that curtain. That is through his flesh. And since we have a great priests over the house of God. We don't have to have a priest go into the Holy of Holies for us. We don't have to have a priest talk to God for us. We don't have to have a priest to, to, to say you're unclean or clean. We have a high priest in Jesus Christ. And through faith in him, we have everything that we need. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Boy, that's good. That's the reality of what we have through faith in Jesus Christ. Don't lose sight of that in your life. If you're feeling condemned right now because of sin in your life, know that every provision for being clean is simply through faith in Jesus Christ and the working of his Holy Spirit in your life. That's all you need. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, the righteousness of God. We get to live in that now. What Jesus described as righteousness in the kingdom of heaven, that unattainable righteousness, we get to actually participate and live in that now. Let's stir each other up to that and not neglect meeting together. You see how important that is. As is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We have this privilege to be in fellowship with God and with each other because of what we have in Jesus Christ. Don't get so distracted that you miss that. Don't let a sin, a pet sin, or just some kind of a sin overwhelm you and hold on to that privately. Find a brother or sister that can be trusted and say, can you pray for me in my sin? I need to let this go. It's breaking apart my life. Jesus paid for that sin. 
We don't have to live in isolation and guilt and shame. That's, that's where we were before, but in Christ, we've been forgiven. And we need each other to encourage each other in that. By being clean, we have fellowship. There's one more thing. I don't have notes on it, sorry. Don't have scripture to go up there on the screen. But just a couple pages over, if you're following in Hebrews chapter 13. As we are here enjoying the fellowship that we have in Christ, the fellowship we have with one another that we're supposed to enjoy, we do need to realize what it means here to follow Christ. Because our city, our camp, our town is not here on this earth, is it? We're not to that time yet where we get to just enjoy the fellowship that is the community in the kingdom of heaven. There's a job right now when we're following Jesus. What did Jesus come to do? He came to go outside the camp, right? His disciples following him found themselves being approached by a leper. And Jesus approached back headed towards the leper. Jesus, you're, you're supposed to go the other way. You're supposed to go wide. Keep space. Jesus came to save those who are outside the gate. Look in Hebrews 13, verse 12 and 13. It says, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his blood. His sacrifice on the cross, that was outside the gate. Sacrifices, when they were done being burned in the temple, would go, or were done in the temple, they'd be taken outside the gate. Jesus was outside the gate, providing the sacrifice for men on the cross. And the verse 13 says, therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach that he endured. That's what it is to follow Jesus. Your purpose here is to meet the people outside the gate, to endure suffering as he's endured suffering, to endure reproach as he endured reproach. Why? so that more might be saved. To go to the leper. We enjoy a fellowship together, but at the same time, we have a job to do. If you follow Jesus, you're going to be just like his disciples, finding yourself following him right to a leper that needs to be touched by the healing hand of Jesus through you and to hear the word of Christ and by faith in Jesus Christ to be made clean. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for coming out of heaven to earth, putting on humanity. Thank you for your righteousness perfect righteousness, 
that you lived out as a human, giving us a perfect example. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking our sin upon you, our uncleanness upon you, our guilt and shame upon you, and taking that to the cross. God, now as you have commanded us to take up our own cross, to sacrifice our own comforts, our own life, so that others might be saved and following you, God. Let it be for the same joy that was before you. Place that before us to see more come to know you, to see more lepers enjoy, be able to enter into community, into the kingdom of heaven, because you worked through us. Lord Jesus, I lift up Hope Church to you. God, make us a people that is holy before you. Make us clean. God, I know that's not an easy process. I know that can be a very painful process. God, I pray that you do it because we want to be clean before you. We want to have fellowship with you, God, and we want to have that kind of fellowship with each other. Help us to have courage to confess sin when we have to. God, to make serious changes in our lives when that's what's necessary to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you, God, for having your hand upon us, for your faithfulness to continue to work and lead us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Oh, yeah, I need the earbuds. Just sing simply about the greatness of the love of Christ. From the darkness I called your name Into darkness your mercy came You called me out, lifted me up How great is your love For my weakness you took my shame Read my burdens in fields of grace. You called me out, lifted me up. How great is your love. From the heights of heaven, you stepped down to earth. Innocent perfection. Gave your life for us and we are amazed We stand in awe For we have been changed By the power of the cross How great, how great, how great is your love How great, how great, how great is your love How great, how great how great is your love for us Come 
great is your love from the heights of heaven you step down to earth innocent perfection gave your life for us and we are amazed we stand in awe for we have been changed by the power of the cross how great how great how great is your love how great how great how great is your love how great how great how great is your love for us there has never been there will never be a God like you, a love so true. There will never be a God like you, a love so true. There has never been, there will never be. step out of heaven into our weakness and saved us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us this week to walk in that truth. Help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in our life and what you have for us. God, we love you and we praise you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I love you, church. Go in the Lord.